0: Switched up, they was looking down on me. Now I'm up. Wish you would have stuck with me. Now you stuck Cause somebody else hating every time I look up. Can't keep me down. Can't keep me down. What up do? It's your man, Tarek. Aha, back for another episode of Wild Out with Tariq, the most unapologetic podcast in the game. And you know what it is. I'm about to turn it up on you niggas like my part coming. Uh, This is a highly anticipated episode. You know what I mean? The people have been asking for it. I personally couldn't wait to do it. I've been I've been waiting to do this, motherfucker. So here it is. I'm about to give y'all the game and let y'all know everything that you need to know about traveling to Egypt, right? I'm about to give you all the game. You know what I'm, saying? I'm about to tell you everything that you're going to need to know about traveling to Egypt. You know what I mean? So here you go. Uh, as you know, as some of you may know, I recently got back from Egypt and shit, and the experience was fucking phenomenal. I I can't explain. There isn't a word in English that can explain what it's like to look at uh, one of the wonders of the world. What it's like to actually see the fucking pyramids, to walk up to them, to put your hands on them, to touch them. It's it's a spiritual feeling for for anybody black. It's a it's a it's a spiritual connection that we have, you know, to Egypt and to Africa as a whole. Once you go there you will be different. Facts. It ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will not travel to Africa and leave Africa the same person you were when you got there. It's no way possible. If you grew up black in America, in the UK, in other parts of the world, and you travel back to where the first man took his first footsteps, spoke the first word, you know, wore the first shoes, it's a connection that you will feel that's inexplicable. Nothing can explain that shit. So, I'm about to give y'all the game. I'm about to give y'all everything that uh y'all need to know about traveling. Uh The good, the bad, the indifferent, the ugly. So, here you go, right? So, boom. Uh... So, international flights are different, right? International flights are way different than local flights. So, uh, before you even think, you know, naturally, of course, you know you need a motherfucking passport, right? So, you get your passport, but before you get to the airport, you have to take what's called a PCR COVID test, 24 hours before your international flight. You do not, I repeat, you do not have to be vaccinated to travel to Egypt from the US. You do not. That is not a requirement. You do not have to have the COVID-19 vaccine, right? But you do have to have a negative COVID test 24 hours before boarding the plane. So, you want to go to an urgent care, your primary care physician, if you can get in, uh, I went to an urgent care facility and because I knew that their turnaround was less than 24 hours. I could go I went there at about noon and I got my results about 11 p.m that night and the flight was at uh, 1 pm. the next day. So that's 24 hours. you know what I'm saying? Negative COVID result within 24 hours. Boom, they sent me a PDF to my phone with uh you know the doctor's name, the facility, boom, covid reaction negative. Boom, that's all I have to show to check in uh when I'm when uh you know when you check in for boarding and all of that, you know what I'm just saying? So they want you to see your passport, they want to see your uh, boarding pass and they want to see a negative covid result, right? So boom, we do that. So we leave from Detroit and we fly to Philadelphia because international flights only go to and from certain places. Everywhere doesn't fly and receive international flights. So Philadelphia is a hub, right? So we flew from here to Philadelphia, right? Uh it's about an hour flight. We flew from Detroit to Philadelphia. It was about an hour flight, but we had about uh, roughly a five-hour layover uh, before the British Airways flight went from Philadelphia to London. So we were just in the airport kicking it, you know what I'm saying, eating, chilling. I went to sleep type shit, you know what I'm saying, got some rest. And boom, so boom, the British Airways plane pulls up, and boom, we show them the boarding pass, we show them the passport, and, we, and again, we show them the negative COVID test, because now we're actually going international, you know what I mean? Now we're going from nation to nation, we're going from the U.S. to the U.K., right? So they want to see all of that information. Again, I will say it again, you do not need the vaccine. You have to have a negative COVID vac- uh, negative COVID test. 24 hours prior to boarding right so boom the British Airways plane pulls up we jump on the plane now this is besides Canada you know what I'm saying back in the day this is my first time actually leaving the country and we we have a layover in London so we board the plane and the plane is lit a big huge 757 type plane there's three seats on the on this side Four seats in the middle and three seats on the other side. So this plane is huge. And as soon as, you know, the last passenger gets on the plane, the captain gets on the radio and he was like, uh, you can take off your mask. You don't have to wear your mask for this flight because March 18th, the UK just relaxed its mandate for mask requirements, right? So this was the first good news that I had of the fucking trip. Like, damn, I get to fly seven hours and I don't gotta keep this dumbass mask on, right? So I was like, that was like a breath of fresh air, literally and figuratively for me. You know what I mean? So that was great. And boom, the people, you know, the 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 London people, because it's a London staff, you know what I'm saying? That that staff that plane, the flight attendants, shit, they were from London. So everybody sounded like Harry Potter to me. They was like, place your bags in the overhead lockers. And and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, sound like you had Hogwarts and shit. But they were just so friendly and so polite. And the flight experience was a was a great experience for me. You know what I mean? Being my first international flight. So the food was excellent. They served us uh, liquor and beer for free, a snack. Then about mid flight, we got a meal. I forget what the first meal was that I had on the way there. I remember the meal on the way back, but I forget what I had on the way there, but I know it was good and it was a chocolate mousse for dessert. then you get a wine, so i got some I got a red merlot and I drunk that. Then they offer you another like late little snack type lunch type deal near the end of the flight. then a final drink so because it's a seven hour flight from Philadelphia to London, right so uh, The flight experience was impeccable. The fucking movie selection, they got all the new movies on the plane. Literally, they have all of them bitches. So I watched, Uh, I think I wrote them down. What did I watch? I watched uh, Venom 2, uh, Let There Be Carnage. I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I fell asleep on uh, The Last Scream. So what is like Scream 6 or some shit or 7 or 8? I forget. But whichever one that just came out or Sydney as Hill, uh, I watched that, and it was dope. So I fell asleep, and by the time I woke up, we were about to land. So, boom, we land at London Heathrow, right? London Heathrow is fucking huge. This is the biggest goddamn airport that I had ever personally seen, right? Besides, besides the one in Seattle, besides SeaTac. That's the biggest airport that I had seen. So uh you know we're in uh London and we have a 7 hour layover. So boom, we're in there for 7 hours waiting for the connection flight from London to Cairo. So we got to figure out what the fuck we about to do. So we fucking around and you know you you want to see, you know like all right, fuck it, can we get out of here and you know fuck around for a minute is there anything close? But there's literally nothing. Near the airport in London, right? They put the airport in a very ex- obscure part of the city, and it's nothing near it. But the 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 size of the airport is about <clears throat> the size of four Somerset malls, right? So if you're from Detroit, you know Somerset. So it's, so take Somerset times four. That's how big London Heathrow is. So it's a lot to do. There's a lot of restaurants. It's a Louis store, Gucci store, Prada, every fucking you know luxury brand you could think of, H and M's. It's so many restaurants. Gordon Ramsay has a restaurant. There's an actual Harry Potter fucking store there that I went to that I got this. uh, The people on live can see. I got my Hogwarts notebook uh, from there, and I got my Hogwarts pen. I'm showing the people on live so they can see that right now. So we stopped in the Harry Potter store, and then we like, fuck it. Well, let's just, you know, catch uh, uh, Uber or something to Tower Bridge. So Tower Bridge, it's not London Bridge. People think that, that that... that nice bridge that everybody goes see, the one that was in Spider Man and all that shit with the two, with the two big columns connecting the bridge. That's not London Bridge. That's called Tower Bridge. So Tower Bridge is about two hours, maybe an hour and a half from London Heathrow Airport, right? So we was like, fuck it. We got time to catch a motherfucking Uber out there, fuck around, take a couple pictures and come back. But we didn't have a visa for the UK, right? So Dude was like the little information desk guy, he was like, I can issue you a visa, but it'll only be a three hour visa, right? And if you're talking about an hour and a half and an hour and a half commute time, you're not gonna make it back here in time. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you literally gonna have to go there, fucking step out the Uber, step right the fuck back in and make it back through customs and you know, all of that security check, TSA shit, right? So we was like, fuck it. It ain't even worth trying to leave. So we'll just kick it here. So we just found a restaurant. I got drunk. Uh, they didn't have Blue Moon. So I was over there drinking Budweiser's and shit and shots of Jameson. And we got some food and just took a fucking nap. Right. So then we you know, time goes on and uh, they're boarding. They they put up the gate for the Cairo uh, plane and boom. So we we, we board the plane. We board the plane uh, heading from London to Cairo, which is about a uh, five and a half hour flight, right? <clears throat> so now we're entering the third continent, right? So I just left North America, just left Europe, and I'm headed to Africa. So that's three continents Intercontinental Reek. Y'all heard the name. you seen the name change on Instagram, goddammit. I'm Intercontinental Reek from now on. Act like you know, you know. So. We board the plane from uh from London Heathrow and we get ready to uh head to Cairo, right? So we're headed to Cairo. It's about a about a five and a half hour flight from London to Cairo. If you look at a map, it's really close. So boom, we get there. Uh we get on the plane. And it's not as good as a flight as the fucking uh, Philadelphia to London flight I ain't gonna no cap It's not as good a good flight It was a much smaller plane The food was not as good And they did not have TVs So I just started reading my book uh, That I had brought Because I brought a couple books with me So I started reading my book And you know Dozed off again and shit By the time we woke up it was, uh we were landing in Egypt, you know what I'm saying? The captain was coming on, on the mic. And me personally, I judge pilots by how smooth the landing is. Like, how smoothly the actual wheels of the plane hit the runway. If that part of the flight is smooth, then I say, all right, this is a good pilot. Because sometimes them motherfuckers just be bouncing down and the plane, get to rocking and jugging. But whoever the fuck flew us from London to Cairo... That motherfucker was an excellent pilot because I couldn't even tell the moment that the wheels touched the ground. It was that fucking smooth of transition, right? You know, and I'm just immediately like, no matter what, you know, I I fly a lot, but I'm still not a comfortable flyer, right? I know people who just own that motherfucker and they just comfortable as shit. I I still have a lot of anxiety. I'm really anxious on a plane because one wrong move and this bitch going down 30,000 feet and, Can't nobody help you. Right. So anyway. As soon as the plane landed, I'm just 100 like, you know, praising God, like I fucking made it to Africa. If I don't do nothing else the rest of my motherfucking life, I made it to Africa. That moment was monumental for me and and will always be monumental for me. Right. And Africa did not disappoint. I'm going to get into all of it, but Africa definitely did not in- disappoint. So, boom, we following the signs. We get off the plane, and we're following the signs, and we're going to customs. You know what I'm saying? We got to go to the Egyptian customs and shit and, you know, go through all the passport process and get the baggage and all of that good shit, right? So we standing in the line that everybody else standing in, right? And I noticed that there's another line off to the to the right of me, right? There's another line with about 20 people in the line. So I'm like, what the fuck is that line? But anyway, more people's over here and this is where the fuck the you know, the concierge or the, the you know the airport workers told us to go. So we standing in this line. And uh so we get up there to the front and uh, the customs agent he like uh he look at the passport, look at the uh, boarding pass and shit. He's like, Where's your visa? I'm like, shit, I don't I don't know. Like, you have no visa, go, go get a visa. So he points over there to the other line, to the right. So we, you know I get out of line. I walk over there to the visa. Now, I'm thinking the visa application process is about to be, you know, extensive, right? They want to know my fucking name, where I'm from, what I'm doing here, blah, blah, blah. I stand in line. I'm in line for about less than a minute. And I get up to the door. My man, like, $25. I'm like, what? $25. I'm like, said, I, I need two visas. He's like, $50. U.S. I get a nigga the $50, the nigga hand me two motherfucking Egyptian visa stickers. You stick them on your passport and get back in the other line. Dog check the fucking visa sticker that he just gave you, that he just sent you to get, and boom, you're you're out. They don't want to know shit. They don't give a damn who you are, where you're from. Run that $25, my man. They is slanking visas like weed. Like, it's it's so fucking crazy. They don't give a shit. Like anybody could just come in Egypt. I'm not gonna cap. You get in that motherfucking visa line, you pay that cash, and that's it. That's all the fuck she wrote. You is through. My man looked at the sticker, looked at the passport, snapped that bitch, and sent us right through. You know what I'm saying? We went through, picked the bags up, and that moment is where, like, Egypt starts. As soon as you get past, now you're in Egypt, Egypt, right? So the fucking hustlers are right there. They are ready for your American or European ass because they trying to get as much money, as much of your money out of you as possible. They, everybody knows why you're here. Egypt is a town built on tourism. Their entire economy is built on motherfuckers coming to see them pyramids, right? Coming to have that Egyptian experience. They don't produce anything. They don't make cars, they don't make coffee, they don't, it's nothing. It's motherfuckers flying from all over the world to come in and see these motherfucking pyramids. So the first line is the motherfuckers that come and try to help you with your bags, right? So before you, you looking at their baggage claim carousel and they just, they, they looking at your eyes trying to eye your motherfucking bag. And they grabbing your bag before you grab it. like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it and they carry your motherfucking bags, then they're going to carry you to their boss, which is the nigga who got the cars, because you have to leave the airport and get to your hotel. So they're going to take your bags from, you know, from the carousel to, your, to his boss with, who rents the cars, right? Like, no, you ain't calling the Uber. We got cars right here ready. I'm talking about they are on you. These is like the greatest fucking salesmen in the world, and, I mean, they the ultimate hustlers, and it's a crew of them, from the baggage carriers to the fucking drivers to the tour guides. They all one crew. They have a whole entire industry totally designed to extract as much motherfucking tourism money out of you as they can. And I'm not mad if they hustle. Them niggas is the ultimate hustlers. They was some hustling motherfuckers, right? So, boom. At that point, he get the bags and shit, but I see uh Egyptian currency exchange, right? I got all U.S. dollars on me, and I got some money on my card, right? So, I, uh, and I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna make y'all listen to the whole episode before I tell y'all the prices of anything, just so you know. That's coming at the end. The prices are coming at the end. I know that I haven't said it, and I'm not gonna say it until the end. I need that listen up out of y'all. Walla. So, anyway, boom, I see the Egyptian currency exchange, and, uh, so I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let me let me get some Egyptian currency, but I don't want to get too much because I don't know. I'm like, fuck it. Man. I'm, let me keep some dollars, but I do want to have some local currency. So I go over there and I think I exchange like 240 dollars, right? Just to, you know, a trial. So I give him 240 US and he gives me three thousand seven hundred and forty dollars uh, Egyptian pounds. I'm like, shit. And and when when I get a nigga to 240, he's looking like. Like, damn, this nigga balling. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, damn, I just $240. But, you know, so one of our dollars at the current exchange rate is one of our dollars is $15.74 Egyptian pounds, right? So $1,000 U.S. dollars is $15,740 Egyptian pounds. You are fucking balling over there with $1,000. And it's not like, all right, I'm going to exchange the money, but then I'm still paying like I would be paying dollars. No, they shit is really fucking cheap over there, even in their money. So a gallon of gas is eight dollars and fifty cent uh, Egyptian pounds. That's the equivalent to about sixty-four cent in U.S. dollars. You know what I'm saying? A pack of gum, shit like that. You know, a fucking that that shit will be like fifty Egyptian pounds. That's like you know what I'm saying? Like two dollars. You know what I mean? Like like that like shit is not super expensive. You know what I mean? It's really fucking cheap. So you really gonna go over there and ball the fuck out with however much money you bring. Trust me. And there are currency exchanges every fucking where. They're all through the airport. They're at all the tourism sites. And there's several at your hotel. I fucking guarantee. Right. So boom. I exchange the money, walk outside, get to the little desk where the drivers are. My man take me to the driver's little setup and shit. And uh, my man, like, all right, so where you going? We tell him the name of the hotel, Renaissance Hotel in Marad City. He was like, okay, that's about a 40-minute drive. It, it ended up not being a 40-minute drive, but they finessing. They trying to hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like, Again, I'm not mad at your hustle. He like, yeah, that's about 40 minutes to an hour away. I'm like, all right, whatever, whatever. He like, $35 to take you there. I'm like, cool. So I'm like, bet, run it. $35 US, right? So I'm like, all right, fuck it. If I look on Uber right now, it would be $50 US, so fuck it. I'm going to give you the $35, right? So my man whip out a big-ass board. And on the board, they got the pyramids, they got the Sphinx, they got the Nile River. He likes, so what activities are you gonna do while you're here? They wanna trap you and lock you into all of this shit immediately. You really just got there and still are taking all this shit in, and they trying to exploit your motherfucking tourist ass, right? And again, I'm not mad, that's the game. The tourists come here. It's a give-and-take situation. So they're trying to get as much bread out of you as possible. Like, nigga, you want to do this? Boom, boom, boom. We'll set you up for this tomorrow. We can have you doing this. The third day, we can take you here. Woo, woo, woo. I'm like, shit. Woo, woo. But we already booked some shit online, right? So we already got some tours and shit lined up online that we have booked. And mind you, when we got there, it was like 11 p.m. Egypt time, right? So it's nighttime. So we know we're not about to do shit tonight. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to go to the hotel, get some rest. And you know, wake up in the morning and go go about our day, right? So I, I I declined the dog like, no, we straight, cause low key the nigga trying to tax for the shit. You know what I'm saying? He trying to tax because the tourists don't fucking know, and he don't know that we already booked, you know, activities in advance. You know what I'm saying? He's just trying to get get his bread up, and they trying to tax two three hundred dollars for a tour, shit like that. So I'm like, no, we straight, whatever, whatever. So boom. The car pull up, dude come in, his name is Muhammad. It's a Muslim country. You know what I mean? Egypt is a Muslim country, predominantly Muslims. So everybody's name is fucking Muhammad, Abdullah, you know, shit like that. Very Islamic names, right? So my man Muhammad come in. Muhammad turned out to be like my low key best friend the entire fucking week that I was there. But anyway, so boom, he take the bags to the car and he like, Where you guys from? You know, like, yeah, you know, US. He Biden biden president biden right and this motherfucker called me biden for a week like literally every time biden biden you know just everything biden oh trump no good trump no good biden 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 good right so he just going off with that and uh so he takes us to the renaissance hotel in mirage city and like i say dog told us 40 minutes uh to an hour that shit was like 25 minutes away you know what I'm saying, Muhammad fly up there, woo, 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 get us there, so while we're driving, he's talking, he's like, so what you guys going to do while you're here, this is the and 3rd, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're going to do the natural shit, you know what I'm saying, we're going to go see the motherfucking pyramids, we're going to, you know, tour, we're going to do all this, this is the 3rd, so he's like, all right, cool, like, He so like, I'm plugged in with some niggas that could take you to the motherfucking pyramid, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, so he like, I'm plugged in with some niggas that could take you to the pyramids, tomorrow, you'll ride a camel, you can ride a horse, you can get in a little buggy, so I'm like, all right, bet. Uh, I'm like, bet, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Let's do that shit, right? So, so uh, he was like, what time you want me to be here tomorrow? I'm like, be here at ten o'clock, ten a.m. You know what I'm saying? He was like, all right. He like, you promised Tardic, because I told him that my name was Tarik, You know what I mean? So he like, Tardic. You Muslim, I'm like yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm like I'm brother. This is He said promise. You promise tomorrow, ten ten p.m., ten a.m. I'm like yeah, I promise. Be here. You know what I'm saying? So I get a nigga a tip. I, I try to tip the nigga when he, when we pull up to the hotel. I try to tip the nigga twenty Egyptian pounds, right? Because I just got all these Egyptian money. I try to tip the nigga twenty Egyptian pounds. He like, but this is very small, Tati. Like no, no, Tati. This this is nothing. This is nothing. This is very small. Totic. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, shit. I'm forgetting they money ain't shit to ours. You know what I'm saying? So I get a nigga like $10 US. He's like, oh, much better, Tartic. Much better, brother Tartic. I'll see you in the morning. 10 a.m. i see you here, right? So boom. We uh, step into the hotel. And across from the check-in, so you got the check-in booth right here. And then across from the check-in booth is a little bar. You know what I'm saying? It's a motherfucking bar. They got the Heineken signs up and shit. They got the tap. They got all the liquor. And I see, I notice motherfuckers uh, at the bar, you know, drinking and smoking. And that's a cultural difference because you can still smoke indoors uh, in Egypt. Every all the men smoke, smoke cigarettes, all every every fucking body. And you can smoke anywhere. It's a it's a, a super fucking paradigm shift from being in America where you can't smoke anywhere indoors at all. You know what I'm saying? But to hear motherfuckers smoking in the hotel lobby. And then they ask us, like, you want a smoking room or not non-smoking? I'm like, no, nah, smoking and shit. So I asked. I'm like, all right, shit. You know, we just got in. You know what I'm saying? A little bit hungry and shit. And I definitely take a drink. I'm like, what time the bar close? He was like, excuse me? I say the bar. I point over to the bar. I'm like, what time does the, the bar close? He said, the bar is 24 hours. Nigga, what? I got a 24-hour bar in my hotel lobby? I, don't, Nigga, I don't need to leave. I was lit as fuck. Like, oh, shit. I can come down this motherfucking at 3 in the morning, get a beer, some chicken wings. Get the fuck out of here. This is heaven, right? And he was, like, sm- seeing me smile, she like, yeah. Hey, He's like, it's three restaurants, four restaurants in the bar as well. So he pointed the four restaurants out. There was two on this side and there's two on the other side. A Chinese restaurant, a dope, current, hip, karaoke-type shit where I ate the most. Uh, Mediterranean restaurant and a buffet all in the fucking hotel lobby. But the restaurants all closed at midnight. But again, like you say, the bar 24 hours, you go down there, and get a motherfucking martini and, you know, some mozzarella sticks at four in the morning. And that's what the fuck I was doing. Right. Minus the martini. But so, yeah. So boom, we check into the room and we chilling. Right. And the room is fucking beautiful. This is a four and a half star hotel. Uh, very expensive. But the room, it was worth every fucking penny. You know, I post their pictures on Instagram and Facebook. If you saw them, uh, I'll probably post some more when I post uh, the link to the podcast. But the fucking hotel was beautiful, right? So, boom, we, you know, we get in, you know, take our bags down, you know what I mean, take showers and shit and lay down and kick it. We got a, we got a bright in early morning. We about to get to it early in the morning. And show enough, my man was there, fuck 10 a.m., my man was there at 9.30. They called him from a room like, hey, your driver's down here, right? So let me tell you uh, a little bit about this process. So they're calling, saying our driver is down here. So when we pulled up to the hotel the night before, there's uh, a police officer outside of the gate of the hotel. So you have to go through a gate to pull up to the door of the hotel. So there's a police officer outside of the gate. He has a dog. So when, when Mohammed pulls up, we in the back, Mohammed pulls up, Uh, they take the dog and walk the dog around the car. He has to pop the trunk. The dog sniffs the motherfucking trunk. They walk back around. Uh, he gives him, he gives the ID to, uh, to another officer. And, uh, the officer takes a picture of the ID of his, uh, photo ID of his driver's license and takes a picture of his license plate. Right. I'm like, why the fuck are they doing this? I find out later and I'll tell you in a second why they do this. But this is the entire process. So they know the driver's coming and going, right? So they call, the hotel lobby calls us and lets us know that the driver is down here, right? So boom, we come downstairs. Uh, I come downstairs. So I'm like, hey, bro, I need a, a, a charger because my charger does not work in Egypt because the plugs are different. They don't have United States plugs in London or in Egypt. They use a different type of plus. So I'm like, I need to go get a charger. So he takes me to the mall, and, you know, boom. Uh, he like, no, nah, I don't buy this shit. I, I go to the Apple store in the mall, and he like, bro, don't buy this shit. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, they 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 want too much money. They wanted $1,700 uh, Egyptian pounds, you know, which is like 30-something, you know, like $35. You know what I'm saying? He like, no, nah, fuck this. I could take you somewhere to get it much cheaper. But I had to get some. Deodorant, toothpaste, lotion, shit like that Because, you know, you can't take, all, take all that shit on the plane no more So I grab all that and I go back I'm like, fuck it, let's go to the pyramids right now So boom, we go back to the hotel I put my get dirty clothes on Because you are going to get fucking dirty, right? I put my get dirty clothes on And uh, we go, you know, from the hotel It was probably like a 40 minute drive to uh, Giza To where the pyramids are You know, Great Pyramid of Giza So it's probably like a 40 minute drive So we're right So we're in The hotel is in what they call New Cairo So, you know Egypt is the country Cairo is the state And New Cairo is the city, right? So the hotel is in New Cairo And all of that shit is very fucking new It is super fucking gentrified, right? Starbucks, H&M, Apple Store You know, all of that shit I didn't see a Walmart But they have a Walmart equivalent You know what I mean? So So we're in New Cairo, and we have to ride about 40 minutes to Giza. So we have to ride through actual Cairo, where the airport was, and then ride to Giza. So you see the fucking stark differences from New Cairo, where the rich people and all the fucking uh, Caucasian colonizers live, versus, you know, Cairo and Giza, where the actual Egyptian people live, you know what I'm saying? And the African people, where they all live, right? So you see the very... It's it's fucking jarring the differences, right? It's like how we do when we fucking cross eight mile, but times ten. You know what I mean? So we ride to the fucking pyramids and we get there, uh my man like he, he passed us off the our driver passes us off to another guy, and he like, you know, he giving us tea. You know, they have a big fucking setup where they're trying to sell us shit, perfumes and oils and all of this shit and uh, actual artwork. You know, drawing on papyrus. And they, they trying to set. They taxing like a motherfucker. They want two, three hundred dollars for this, and you know, fifteen thousand Egyptian pounds for this, which is like three, four hundred dollars for that. For this painting, and they glow in the dark, and they got pyramids and Anubis, and you know, all Cleopatra and all of this shit. And it's dope. It's you know, it's, it's some dope shit to have. I just wasn't interested. You know what I'm saying? So boom, he like. So what do you want to do? He like. You want to take a horse? You want to take a camel? Or you want to take a carriage? Uh, to the, to see the pyramids, I'm like shit. Camel, nigga. I'm in Egypt. Fuck out here. I rode a horse before. I want to take a motherfucking uh camel. Fuck out here, right? So uh, so he pull up the motherfucking camels and shit. So we get on the camels, and mind you, they have not told us the price of the tour yet. So, cause that's all I'm asking. How much? How much? How much? Because mind you, I've already booked. We've already booked a tour for tomorrow to do the same thing. But I'm like, fuck it, if we can hear, we can do it right now, let's do it right now. So boom, we do it uh, that day. But they that, they like, we're going to tell you the price at the end, right? So I'm like, all right, fuck it, you know what I mean? Okay, cool. Now, uh, he passes, so he's like, we're going to give you a great tour guy. If you like the tour, tip the brother. If you don't like it, don't tip. I'm like, all right, cool, you know, I, I like that, you know what I'm saying? And, and Abdullah takes us, and he's like, same, you know what I'm saying? Hey, if you like the tour that I give you, you like the experience, then, you know, I'd appreciate a tip. If not, don't give me shit. You know what I'm saying? So, but once Abdullah finds out that I'm Muslim, he's like, Tariq, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. You know, Alhamdulillah, my brother Tariq, how does it feel, you know, being being Egypt, being Africa, you know, Muslim, mashallah, you know, and like, like the tour just went from zero to fucking 100, you know what I'm saying, real quick, right? So, the brother just you know he asked me about the u s he asked me about the states, asked me about how long I've been Muslim. I'm asking him, you know shit, we you know we speaking back and forth you know in a little bit of Arabic that I do speak. I'm not fluent at all, but I'm you know inshallah i'm I'm, I'm a learn I'm a get I'm gonna get back on it, but we we speaking in a little bit of Arabic and shit, so they you know they riding us through it's not like you pull up and then you just at the fucking pyramids, right you gotta navigate through a town, you know what I'm saying, because Giza is a city, the pyramids just happen to be in the middle of the fucking city, but you got to navigate through the town, right, so we going through back alleys and hallways and cuts and shit, and this motherfuckers know you ain't from there, we don't, we ain't dressed like them, we don't look like them, we don't talk like them, so you got all of these, you know, Poor people like, hey, yo, that motherfuckers is trying to sell you shit. Motherfuckers is asking you for money. It's just all type of shit. You know what I'm saying? So he's navigating us through. Then he like, all right, get off of the camels. And then we approach this big gate. He like, y'all get off the camels. And then we got to walk through this gate. And uh, my man going to walk the camels around it, Then we'll get back on them. I'm like, all right, cool. So we, we get down off the camels. It's extremely fucking hard getting on and off a camel because how camels sit down and stand up. So I'm damn – your abs are going to get strong, getting on and getting off a camel. You're going to have some strong-ass abs. Your core is going to be right fucking with them camels, right? So I'll damn near fall getting off this motherfucker. So we walked around through the gate. You know what I'm saying? They got the fucking police barricade. My man showed him the tickets. He pointed us out. The police pulled us through. Then now we're on the other side of the gate, and that's the first time. Because before this time, the pyramids are in the distance, like, they're far away. You saw them from the freeway. They stand up tall, so you can like, see them in the background. You see the tip in the background. But once you walk through this big-ass steel gate, now it's like, oh, shit. That's a fucking pyramid right there. Like, fuck, right? It's, it's I cannot explain it. I wish there were words. I cannot explain it, right? So, boom, we walk through the gate. My man come back with the camel. So it's uh, Abdullah. And it's a younger guy that's our tour guys, right? So they leading the motherfucking camels, making sure the camels don't trip the fuck out. He was like, camel, much better than horse. Horses are fucking crazy. Camels, really calm animal, really calm, really cool animal. You know, camel, he's like horses, they'll they they'll wild out of any fucking moment. So Abdullah's on the horse. That's the guy I took the picture of. He's on the horse, and we're on the camels. you know, he's fucking recording the video. He like jump, he's standing right here. All right. Now point this way. Now jump in the air. Now hold your hands like this. So getting all of those crazy shots, you know, in front of the pyramids. And he's just giving us the history of, of the shit. Right. He was like, you know, the pyramids are 5000 years or over 5000 years old. The, the three main pyramids are the largest pyramids on Earth. Then there's six little pyramids. So in Giza, there's a total of nine pyramids. It's the three main for the grandfather the father and the son and then the six smaller pyramids were for the wives of the pharaoh right who had who commissioned to have them built so he had one for him his dad and his granddad then he was married so he six littler pyramids on the side for his wives right so he's giving us the history i'm walking we walking up on a motherfucking camel to these motherfuckers and he giving us the game of the pyramids Structures are over 5,000 years old. Each one took 30 years to build. It took 10 years for them to carve the fucking stones and move them from Upper Egypt to Giza. 10-year process. So they up in Upper Egypt because that's where this, the, the the limestone and the stones that they used, they were in Northern Egypt, right? So they were in Upper Egypt, and it took them 10 years to carve all of that shit out and move them from there in Upper Egypt down to Giza to construct the pyramids, right? So, boom, it took them, that that took 10 years. Then it took 20 years for them to actually assemble the fucking Legos, the blocks, the stones, and construct and erect a pyramid, right? So, a 30-year process for each one. So, and, you know, they didn't have machinery, You know, you I know y'all seen ancient aliens and all of this stupid ass shit, fucking Caucasian people trying to explain how they built the motherfucking pyramids. He was like, you you know how they built this pyramids? Slaves. That's how the fuck they did it. Over 300000 slaves died building the pyramids. And in front of the pyramids is the tomb. Where they used to bury the fucking slaves. The pharaohs and the kings and the queens were entombed and enshrined inside the pyramids. But the motherfuckers who the slaves that died building them buried them niggas in the sand right in the front because they was dropping several hundred a day, several hundred slaves a day died doing this arduous, backbreaking labor of instructing of you know erecting these motherfucking pyramids, and you fucking feel it you feel the beauty you feel the power you feel the sadness it's a spiritual thing i can't explain it man i i cannot explain what i felt it's motherfuckers out there passing out motherfuckers is out there crying we're talking about one of the seven wonders of the world and you fucking laying eyes on this Some shit that was around before Jesus. Some shit that been around and still is in pristine fucking shape. Seeing as how everything that, that has happened to it over the years. Colonizations, motherfuckers coming through trying to destroy the shit. And the motherfuckers is still standing. I can't explain what that feels like. You have to experience it. There is no words. And I know a lot of fucking words. But there aren't any words to explain what it feels like to see it and then to touch it and then to climb the fuck up there and walk on it and see that each stone weighs several hundred tons and it's a million stones in each pyramid. So a million times several hundred times a ton, 2,000 these fucking pyramids weigh 60 million tons or some shit like that. Probably 100 million tons. And humans built this shit. Wasn't no motherfucking ancient aliens. Slaves did it and died doing it. It's It's inexplicable. Every black person in America needs to experience it. And by the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you the game on how to do just fucking that. Because I don't want to be the only one. I want to see everybody's pictures from in, in front of the motherfucking pyramids. I want all y'all to go. And it's easy. It's, it's, it's not a difficult thing. Just like you get up and go to fucking Miami and Las Vegas and Atlanta and them goofy-ass cabins in Tennessee. Two of those trips and you can go to Egypt. Voila two of those trips and you can go to egypt it's really just that simple right so <clears throat> uh yeah so we're there and we're taking the pictures and we're you know we're doing the we're on the fucking camel bro i'm on a fucking camel and i'm riding up to the motherfucking pyramids man and you know we are taking all of these pictures and it's beautiful it's surreal it's inexplicable and uh so boom, this is the first day. This is still day 1, right? So uh we we go we head back, you know, after the tour, we head back to uh the tour guide place and that's when they tried to hit me with the price, right? They tried to charge me $380 for the tour, right? Which I'm not going to cap. I would have paid it if it's worth it's worth three hundred and eighty dollars, right? It's it, it it's worth to to be from America, to get to Egypt, to ride a motherfucking camel up to the motherfucking pyramids, to stay out there for as long as you like, get all of this information, take all of these beautiful photos and uh pictures and videos and shit. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So three hundred and eighty dollars is cheap for that to me, but that's not what it costs, right? So uh, we had booked it earlier, and we were going to go the next day, and the whole trip for that same experience was $80 online, right? 80 fucking bucks. So y'all tried to get down for uh, a finesse for another $300 U.S. You know what I'm saying? Another $300 U.S.? Like, y'all niggas is really, really trying to get down, and like I say, it's 15 to 1. So... uh. It's it's like goddamn y'all niggas trying to trying to finesse that hard. You talking about a lot of motherfucking money, so it's like hell no, you know what I'm saying. So we in the building and shit, and like the tour guy and the the, little, the head nigga and the driver, they all in the room, and I'm in there, and they like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, this the price. I'm like nah, I'm not paying that shit. So I showed them the email, like bro, I got this same trip coming up tomorrow for eighty dollars. Look, here go the motherfucking email right here. Uh, tour, camel ride, blah, 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 pyramids, you know, at 9 a.m. Tomorrow I'm doing the same thing for $80. You think I'm about to give you $380? Are you niggas serious? Plus the tip that I done already gave my man Abdullah. I ain't even going to say how much I gave him, but it was a nice-ass tip. You know what I mean? So I'm like, fuck no. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing He He's like, all right, so, all right. So what, do you would, so what do you think it's worth? What are you willing to give? So I ended up giving him $120, you know what I'm saying, more than the $80. I was going to give y'all more than $80 anyway because it's worth it to me, right? But just so you know, motherfuckers is going to try to swindle you. Motherfuckers is trying to get those U.S. dollars, and you have to be aware. This is why I don't recommend women traveling alone. I heard a lot of women say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And I know a lot of y'all don't really have companions or, you know, homegirls and shit that you can go with. And you just want, to, want that experience. Like, fucking I ain't going to wait on nobody. Go in groups of three. If if it's women is going alone, I suggest y'all go in groups of three. I would 100% recommend that if you had a man with you, though. Traveling outside the country, you need a fucking man with you. It's just like going to get an oil change, right? So when a chick... Go to get a motherfucking oil change. They trying to charge you a hundred dollars for the filter, and you know we got to flush the system. That's another hundred and fifty. You end up spending five, six hundred dollars for a fucking uh, sixty dollar oil change because they know you don't know, or they, you know, the assumption is you're a woman, you don't fucking know. That's why you're changing oil on your own car versus having a man, and they ain't gonna try to finesse me when I go get my oil change the way they try to finesse y'all. And it's the same thing there. They're gonna try to take advantage of you, right? And it's just the nature of the business. A tourist town with a tourist economy, they want your tourist ass dollars and they will try to take advantage of you. So learn from my experience. Book your tours and all your activities online and I'm going to give you another reason why uh the finesse is one, but another reason is safety and security and I'm going to get to that part in a second, right? So this was day 1 and after that, you know, we ride back to the uh, you know, to the hotel and shit. And we're in the traffic, and it like the the Egyptian traffic is different because they don't have traffic laws. They don't have a traffic system in place, right? It's just a bunch of niggas with cars, and all they do is ride and beep their motherfucking horn to signal what the fuck they want to do or what you did wrong. That's it. They just lay on the motherfucking horn, bam, 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 Fuck you, out of the way, asshole. Type shit. You know what I mean? Like it's like New York, but a whole fucking country of it right so the traffic was crazy i took so many videos of the motherfucking traffic you know what i'm saying and uh muhammad the driver he like why did you take a video i'm like bro this shit is crazy he's like yeah we really need a traffic system here like the process to get your license and they just let motherfuckers and you know what i'm saying i seen at least 20 up close accidents and i see a nigga get hit off his motorcycle like fucking on the freeway get hit off his motorcycle face hit the fucking ground if he didn't have a helmet on the brother probably wouldn't be here it was so much fucking blood on that motherfucker freeway we stopped and like helped the nigga like this shit was crazy so you're not gonna get a rental car you need a nigga from egypt to drive you around egypt you don't know how i don't give a fuck how good you are a driver you don't want to be driving in motherfucking egypt you do not fuck a rental car book your tours and when you book your tours they come with uh, pick up from the hotel and drop off to the hotel, right? So if when you book your shit online, it's a car service. They will pick you up, take you to your tour, and drop you back off at your hotel. Pay for it. you know what I'm saying? Fucking pay for it versus calling all of these Ubers and then trying to buy tickets when you get there. Just book your shit online, and I'm going to give you the app where we booked all our shit Uh, at the end. Ha-ha. So that's day one. And you know we go back to this fucking beautiful hotel, and I'm just, I'm in awe, right? I'm I'm fucking shocked. I can't believe what's going on. But when we get back to the hotel, so when you leave the hotel, when you leave Wi-Fi, your phone doesn't work at all. Like it's just a pretty camera at this point, right? So as soon as you fucking land in Egypt, your uh, whatever your service provider is is gonna send you the that free text international rates. Uh, I'm with AT&T, so they told me it will be $3 a call, $0.30 cent a text, and $0.50 cent per picture that I sent. But my phone don't work, period. It doesn't work at all in Egypt unless I'm on Wi-Fi, right? So as soon as you leave the hotel, you will ha- like your phone is just a pretty camera. It, you can't do anything with it. All you can do is record. So it really forces you to be in those moments. To actually be at the pyramid is not looking at your comments, not trying to go live. It forces you to bask in the experience that you're having, which is wonderful for me. I'm still not on my phone the way I used to prior to going to Egypt. Like, I'm back home, and I'm like, I don't pick that motherfucker up as much, you know what I'm saying? Because I went a week where the motherfucker didn't work at all until I got back to the hotel. So it it, it kind of trains you to put your motherfucking phone down and actually live in the moment, Right. So, uh, the, the hotel and shit is going to, like I said, they're going to do the car service to there and back. And your phone is only going to work when you get back to the hotel. But also, you're going to need WhatsApp. You need to download WhatsApp before you leave the country, right? It's an uh, encrypted-based text app, but it's also international. Because you don't know how to dial an Egypt phone number from your American-ass phone, they don't have regular phone numbers, according to us. You know what I'm saying? They don't have a three-digit area code followed by a seven different seven-digit number. That's not how their phone numbers are, right? Their phone numbers start with plus sign two zero. That's all Egyptian numbers is plus two zero. Then it's the number, and, and it's not you know it's a seven-digit number after that. You know what I'm saying? So. Motherfuckers don't even know how to dial that on their phone, but your messages from the car service and shit is going to come through WhatsApp, you know what I mean? So you put your phone number and they're going to WhatsApp you and let you know. So download WhatsApp because that's going to be how you communicate with people in Egypt because you cannot text somebody from your fucking phone because you don't know how, but... If they on WhatsApp and you on WhatsApp, then y'all can communicate. You can communicate with the driver. You can communicate with the company that you booked your uh, tours and activities through, right? So I found that out the first day as well. You know what I mean? It's just certain subtle cultural differences that, you know, America and abroad has. And and, and that's one of them. So I locked. I got a couple homeboys that I met over there and shit. I, I still be WhatsApping them right now. You know what I mean? That's So I can just text international to them niggas whenever I want to. You know what I mean? So... That, that's the thing. So, boom, we get back to the hotel, uh, you know, I take a shower because I'm smelling like camels and shit. You know, there's a lot of shit out there, you know, horses and camels riding around, and it smells like animals. That's something you're going to have to get used to. It really fucking smells like animals, right? So, we get back to the hotel. I take a shower. I go down to the bar, and, I, you know, I'm, I am I got me a tall Heineken, and I'm just writing my notes because I'm i knowing that I'm about to give y'all this game on this podcast, right? So I started just writing my motherfucking notes, and the hotel finally brought me a charger. So, you know, if uh from my hotel, if you just dial zero, then they'll bring you anything you needed, like literally any fucking thing you can think of, because you're out of the country. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you're going to need. You don't know the type of experiences you're going to have. And the concierge at the fucking hotel, they go above and beyond to accommodate your tourist ass. You know what I mean? They really... They really do, you know what I'm saying? So I, I tip them brothers a lot, you know what I mean? But, again, just to give you all a couple of more of the cultural differences, right? So they don't ask, what's your last name in Egypt, right? They never ask your last name. What they do is they ask, what is your father's name? And they don't mean his first name. So they mean his his family's last name. That's what they mean. So it's not a last name. It's what's your father's name, Right. And because they don't have the single parent epidemic that we have uh, and no matter what, when a kid is born, they're named after their father. They're never named after their mother. You know what I'm saying? They never take their mother's maiden name. It's always after the father. And that's how they trace generations. You know what I'm saying? Generations and generations. So they always ask, what's your father's name? You know, so they will all your name. All right. Boom. You know. Tariq, what's your father's name? Lindsay? you know what I mean? So it's like, damn, okay. And it's just a a subtle cultural difference, you know what I'm saying? But it's a lot of them motherfuckers. It's a lot of them. And another thing that is going to, you know, fuck you up is Egypt doesn't have Cash App, right? So if you have Cash App on your phone, don't log out because you will not be able to log back into your Cash App until you leave Egypt because they don't have that. If you're there and you're already logged into your Cash App account, it will still work. You can still send and receive money. But if you ever, for any reason, log the fuck out, you will not be able to log back in. I learned that the hard way. You know what I mean? So, yes, Egypt does not have Cash App, so you will not be able to use your shit, right? Uh, So, boom. The first day is done. The second day, we go ATVs, right? We we take ATV ride. Uh, back to the pyramids, right? So the first time we was on camels, this time we on ATVs, right? So again, the brother come pick us up. This time, uh, the brother name was uh, the, this brother name was Muhammad too. Wow, yeah. So it was uh, Muhammad, young guy, man, great fucking guy. I posted a picture of him. Uh, you know, told him you know what I'm saying how how this guy had a beautiful soul, young guy, twenty seven years old, man, just. He had been to Michigan, too. He had been to fucking Michigan before. And uh, he said that he was like, I'll never come back. You know what I mean? Like, I will never fucking come back because it was so cold because he came in January. You know what I mean? And and he was like, oh, nigga, fuck this. Like, this is his first time ever seeing snow. It was seventy degrees there, and they had coats on. Like I'm taking the hoodie off and shit. You know what I mean, saying because I just came from Michigan. It was forty. I get out there, it's fucking seventy, seventy eight, and they got hoodies and jackets on and coats and shit. Like it's cold to them. You know what I mean? But he was like, "Hell no, I'm never going back to Michigan." But he's gonna come uh, back to the states sometime in the next couple of months. And he's, I think, I believe he said he's going to Virginia. So, uh, you know, inshallah, I'll go meet the brother out there. But man, this brother. So, he again, they came to pick us up from the hotel, and uh, boom. So they got to go through the, the check-in process, the police, the dogs, all of that shit that I told you about earlier, and then they pick us up. And then he, you know what I'm saying, we, we, we ride about another 40 minutes to the ATV camp, you know what I'm saying? So we go, go there. So it's uh, me. Uh, so it's a it's two tour guides and shit, right? So they riding us through the motherfucking, like, again, you got to go through the hood. But this time it was probably like two miles, Right. And we rode through the motherfucking trenches, you know what I'm saying, of Egypt. Like, tourist Egypt and Egypt Egypt are two totally different places. You know, the gentrified tourist part, it looks like you're in Las Vegas. It looks like you're in a desert in Las Vegas. But the real fucking Egypt looks like you're in Africa. And we rode through Africa, Africa to get to, uh, to, get to the pyramids the second time on ATVs, right? And uh, again, I posted a picture And it was fucking a dead horse in his alley. And it was a pack of like eight or nine wild dogs eating this motherfucking horse. Crazy. I ain't never seen no shit like that but on like National Geographic. I'm talking about it was so many motherfucking dogs. And that's another thing. It's a lot of fucking dogs just roaming the streets in Egypt. I don't know where they came from. I just know they fucking, you know what I'm saying, and that's how it's getting so many, but, like, it's just random-ass dogs everywhere you go, you know, and they not know niggas' pets. They just, and they, and they form packs for protection, you know what I'm saying? So it's like eight dogs over here, ten dogs, four dogs, three dogs, and just dogs roaming every fucking where. But these particular dogs was eating the whole motherfucking horse. The horse laying on there on the side with his motherfucking tongue out, insides out, and them dogs is just munching away. Shit was crazy. So we ride past that, then we ride through some more hoods, some more little ghettos and shit. Then we get to this police checkpoint, police check, you know what I'm saying, the tickets and shit. Boom, so we get the pass through to go to the pyramids, right? So this one I had on the uh, the, the Black by Popular Demand shirt. And, uh, you know, taking pictures. We going ATVs, you know what I'm saying, taking pictures. We riding up and down the motherfucking sand dunes doing jumps and shit. And it's just an amazing fucking feeling, right? And what y'all have to understand is these people can navigate the desert the way we navigate the city. But it ain't no street signs. They know their way around the desert the way you know your way around your hometown. And, I mean, on point, you know what I mean? Like, the the desert is their home, so they know everything around crossing this motherfucker, the do's and don'ts, which way to go, which paths, these, where. And the average person would just... You know, you'll walk two miles in, inland to the desert and just be fucking dead because you don't know which way is up no more. You don't know where the fuck you're going. But they can navigate that motherfucker, man, and, you know, around hills and dunes. And, man, it's 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 amazing to see. It's amazing. It's astonishing to witness, you know, but you have to witness it, right? It's It's nothing that I can say over this podcast that's going to resonate and make you feel what it feels like you have to go which is why i'm giving y'all the game so my brother muhammad you know what i'm saying we had a great time uh boom we go back to the motherfucker hotel we chilling later that night we having a shower shit later that night we go on the nile river tour right so another brother uh hazma he comes and picks us up and we travel to the nile river we chilling you know, on, on the dock waiting for the motherfucking, uh, the boat to pull up and shit. So, and this is where I found out about the police, right? Uh, so, I'm asking the questions and shit because he's like, yeah, they, they really own it. You know what I'm saying with the police? I'm like, yo, what's up with the police here? Like, like, what's going on? He was like, well, Egypt has three types of police, right? We have a public police, traffic police, and tourist police. So I immediately pulled my notebook out, like, man, what are like, you talking about? He's like, yeah, well, you know, the public police, those are the guys you see in the trucks, you know, six or seven. They got AKs. They look like military, right? The public police look like the fucking military. And that's really basically what they are, like the, the, fucking, the, the fucking Egyptian army patrolling, making sure, you know, ain't no funk or no wars and shit popping off. That's all the fuck they do. They don't handle nothing else. The traffic police just clean up accidents because there are thousands of accidents per day because they have no traffic system. They're trying to implement one, but it's 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 culturally different trying to get them to abide by traffic laws when they've never had any. You know, when it all it is is desert and y'all you know been riding horses and camels and now you're on these paved roads. It's it's a, it's a hard adaptation, right? So. The traffic police just clear up accidents and ambulance your motherfucking ass and tow your shit the fuck out the way so traffic can keep going. But the tourist police, very interesting, right? So the tourist police, what they do is, like I say, whenever you – so you book your trips online, right? Your driver is going to know who you are because the people in the hotel know who you're there to pick up, you know what I mean, They have this system in place to protect tourists because this is what their economy is based on. They don't want anything to happen to you. So they protect your touristy motherfucking ass because they know a couple tourists get fucking snatched up or get robbed or get killed. Motherfuckers going to stop coming here. And we don't want that because our economy will fall apart. So they have a whole sector of their police force dedicated to protecting tourists. Right. So. Like I say, this is why you use the online companies to book your activities, because when they do, they know who they are. They search these motherfuckers cars, take photos of their IDs, and they know the police know where they're taking you. So if anything happens to you coming and going, we know exactly who the fuck to go to. We search this nigga car. We got a picture of this nigga ID. We got this nigga license plate. We on your ass. And so that's a line of protection for you. And that's all they do is look after the tourists, right? And they take their motherfucking job serious. Uh, Like, real shit. You can feel the safety. You can feel it like, oh, shit. I ain't going to say ain't nothing happened. But if something happened, it's gonna somebody going to pay for this shit. Somebody going to answer for this shit. You know what I mean? So you can feel that level of safety, right? So the brother Hamza, Hasma, he was uh excuse me, Hasma, he was uh breaking that down to us, you know what I'm saying, and letting us know, like yeah, you know what I'm saying, oh that's why they do this, and at, at, at the activities at the pyramids at the Nile, they have other tourist police, so like boom, all right, and this nigga checked in, they hear boom, 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 get him on the boat, boom, get him off the boat, all right, get him back to the apartment, um, get him back to the to the hotel, so that level of safety is there, but going up the Nile River, right? So the Nile River is the only river. On the planet that flows north uh, Again, it's inexplicable You can't understand This is the shit that we read about in our history books This is the shit that we You know, see on TV So to be a motherfucker from the city of Detroit And To be over there Looking at pyramids, walking on pyramids Floating up the fucking Nile Like Again, is inexplicable it's something that has to be experienced and I want each and every last one of you listening to this to experience it, right? So boom, we wait we on the dock wait for the boat. I'm taking so many pictures and you're in a Muslim country, right? So the Adan or the call to prayer is played, broadcasted all over the city. Every time for the all five salats that that that, that Muslims make, uh you know the call to prayer. You know what I'm saying. You hear Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. You know what I mean, like. And they just, and as soon as you hear the Adan or that call to prayer, everyone stops. Everybody stops, and then they go and they, you know, offer salah, right? So our tour guide, he like, yeah, uh, just y'all gonna be cool right here, real quick. I'm about to go pray. So I look over in the corner, and it's like six or seven other brothers, and they just over there offering salat. Like it's just so beautiful. Like the women stop fucking cooking the driver stop driving, everybody stops and offers their prayers and then continues on with their day, five times a day, all day. Like, it, it's amazing. to As a Muslim, to be in a Muslim country, that's a flex that you couldn't even imagine. Like, the hospitality was so fucking immense when they found out that I was Muslim and it was just like, you know what I mean, it, it just took the trip to a whole nother level but to witness islam being practiced day in and day out faithfully religiously you know it's 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 beautiful to see it was beautiful to see it got me so much back in touch with the dean you know what i'm saying brought me closer to allah and it just got me really wanting to get back on my shit how i how i used to be you know what i'm saying inshallah but yeah it, it was just beautiful but the tour guy he stopped you know what i'm saying made sure he was good Went, got it, got his prayer in and shit. So boom, he plugged in with the uh with the with the cruise people. So we the first on the motherfucking boat. We get the best seats in the house for the motherfucking belly dancer, the singer, the buffet. We get the best seats and shit, right? So we sitting there chilling. Boom, line for the buffet start. We first up, we grab our food, come back, sit down. Then they had the singer dude come. You know what I'm saying? Professional singer. He, you know, he fucking it up. He going crazy. Got the crowd hype. Belly dancer, no, the, the 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 singer is out there still, and they're still loading the boat. Like people still coming on the boat, and a fucking wedding reception comes through. Like the whole family, they clear out like four tables, and you know for this family, and you know the the the, the keyboard dude start playing. Here comes the bride, and everybody turn and look. Beautiful Egyptian sister, man, with the hijab, wedding dress, all white veil, hijab on. You know what I'm saying? She come through carrying this dress with this long train, and all her little girls and cousins, and you know sisters and shit. They couple steps behind her. Then after that, the groom and the groomsmen come through, suited and booted, and they sit down, man. And it was beautiful. It was, it was, it was a beautiful, like it it was so fucking beautiful to see. So the singer get to sing and. He's singing all the local hits because everybody, you know, jumping up and going crazy. The belly dancer come out. She dragging people to the dance floor so they can start dancing. The bride gets up there with with her husband, you know, newlywed, just married. And they I'm talking about they cut it up for about an hour. They just danced, you know, till they couldn't no more for about an hour, you know. And everybody just smiling and clapping and taking pictures. And this shit is happening on the Nile River, bro. We on the fucking Nile River and. Cairo, Egypt, that is fucking mind-blowing. Like, the, I, I, I still can't believe it happened. I still can't believe it was real. And I got all the pictures and videos in the world, and I still don't fucking believe it. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> the cruise is great. I go upstairs to the top deck. I'm taking pictures of all the shit on the side because they got so many bars and clubs and you know, restaurants and shit up and down the Nile, and hotels and condos and shit. And uh man, it, it it was just a beautiful experience. So then we, you know, we we head back to the dock and I'm talking to the brother Hasma and you know, we kicking it. And you know, he he talking to me about the states, I'm talking to him and like I say the hospitality uh everything, it was just fucking beautiful, man, like, he asked so many questions about the U.S., and he like, yeah, I'm trying to get my money up, I want to visit there one day, inshallah, and, you know, uh, it's a, it's I can't call it a love-hate, but it's a, the way foreigners look at Americans, they don't want to be us, like, people get, got you believing that shit, right, like, people got you believing other motherfuckers would die to be over here die living the way we live. They don't know. They don't at all. They don't give a fuck about the way we live. They want our money because it's more valuable than theirs. So that's what they covet. They don't covet our lifestyle. They covet the way that we're we we just we're so wasteful. You know, like we, you know, wear a pair of fucking shoes Couple times, and well, you know, neck by next year, we don't even want to wear them bitches. No more, man. Them last year shows I gotta buy some more. They don't think like that. They're not that wasteful. They appreciate everything in their lives in a way that we just do not. You know what I mean? So they don't want to live and be wasteful, but they like motherfucker. Do you know what I would do if I had what the fuck you had? And we're so ungrateful over here. They like motherfucker. Y'all got all the opportunities. So like again, they don't want to live the way we live, but they wish they had the opportunities that we have, I'll put it that way. They do not want to be Americans. They do not want to live like Americans. These are some of the happiest people I have ever encountered in my life. And when I tell you that outside of New Cairo, outside of tourist Egypt, it's a poor that you have never fucking experienced. Fuck Brightmo, fuck Newark, fuck Chicago, fuck Baltimore. You have never, fuck Skid Row in L.A. You have never seen this level of poverty in your life. In in actual Cairo, in actual Giza, you have never in your life experienced anything like this. Because just like there's all of this great shit, there's a dark side of Egypt as well. And the extreme poverty is the dark side. You know, there are kids at the pyramids, you know, it's like fucking nine, ten o'clock in the morning, You're like, damn, why they not in school? They out here hustling because they trying to put food on the table. It's little kids running up to you trying to sell you shit for one American dollar. Hey, $1, $1, trying to sell you little pyramids and little trinkets and shit like that because they got to put food on the table every day. This is their obligation. This is what they do. Fuck going to school, learning how to read. Motherfucker, I got to eat tonight. That's not tourist Egypt. They don't post those pictures. They don't write about that part. That's, that's a lot of people's reality outside of the United States. There's a lot of people's reality inside the United States. But outside, it's, a, it's several degrees worse. You know, there's women on the side of the fucking road, like, selling, you know, all type of shit, fruits and vegetables and shit, you know, I'm saying to feed her motherfucking family motherfuckers is trying to make their rent so they can keep a roof over their head. My driver, Muhammad, the first driver, he said, I don't even have a house. You know what I'm saying? He said, me, my wife, and my two kids, we we rent month to month. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit, we might be living over here for two months, but if I can't afford it, we got to move somewhere else. I said, I don't got a house. So I'm driving these motherfucking tourists around trying to make some money so I can keep a roof over my family's head. This is their reality every day. And without the influx of tourism, they wouldn't survive. They couldn't survive. Because like I said, there is no industry. There are no factories in Egypt. They're not producing anything that they're exporting to the rest of the world. They produce them fucking pyramids. And everybody in the world flies, drives, boats, sails their motherfucking way to go see them. And that feeds the entire Egyptian economy. And It's, you have to see the real, everywhere I go, I want to go to the worst part. If I go to L.A., nigga, I want to go to Slauson and Crenshaw. I go to motherfucking Atlanta, nigga, take me to Zone 6. You know what I'm saying? I go to New Orleans, take me to the Fifth Ward. You know what I'm saying? I'm in New York, take me to motherfucking Brooklyn. Take me to Queens. You know what I'm saying? Fuck Manhattan. Take me to the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? Like, Everywhere I go, I want to see the hood because that's where you're going to find the real city. You can't come to Detroit, go downtown and think you know what the fuck Detroit is. You can't go to New York, go to fucking Wall Street and think you know New York City. You can't go to fucking raggedy ass Hollywood Boulewar- Boulevard and think you know L.A. No, you got to go to the trenches. You got to go to the hood because that's going to give you the essence of that actual place. And that's exactly what I wanted to do with Egypt. Take me to the trenches. Take me to the to, to the, the fucked up part. Let me see that reality. And that will give you a perspective. In your life. In your mind. In your heart. That you have never had prior to. I guarantee it. I fucking guarantee. You will never. Be the same. After witnessing something like that. But again, these motherfuckers ain't woe is me. They smiling. Biggest smiles you ever had. The suicide rate in Egypt is less than 3%. They don't kill themselves. They they don't. You know what I'm saying? They not ha- they not, oh, woe is me. I'm fucked up and you know, oh, I'm I'm, you know, I don't got no money and all that. No. Less than three percent. You know, the suicide rate in the U.S. from 2020 to 2022, the U.S. suicide rate increased by 30 percent. It went from 10.4 to 13.5 suicides per hundred thousand people. The highest recorded rate in 30 years. We got the highest recorded suicide rate in 30 years, and it's been worse since the fucking pandemic since we've been locked up in the house for two years. Suicide rate increased even more. Egypt, the entire fucking country, less than 3%. Then people not over there sad. Then people not over there, woe is me, they're living in their reality and they're happy. And to see somebody with so little, with the biggest smile on their fucking face, has me thinking, what could I ever complain about? What could I ever bitch and moan about? How could I ever feel like woe is me when I've seen these people, the happiest they've ever fucking been with so little? I got so much and I'm complaining. That's what the trip was for me. That's what it put in perspective for me. Yeah, the pyramids is dope. Yeah, it's great. But to be in touch with real life, with real humans, with real fucking problems and issues, it's like, man, what the fuck is we complaining about over here? Time out. Game over for that dumb shit. Give your life some perspective. And you, you do that by looking at, you know, traveling. Traveling is the best education that you will ever, ever fucking receive. The best investment any adult can make is a passport. Because this will give you a world view. Geopolitical fucking views, global politics, not just my bubble, not just my friend circle, not just my city, not just my coast. No, nigga, we're talking geopolitical. Global politics is a perspective that we all should have because we're so opinionated. We'll hop on Facebook and argue back and forth. You don't know shit. You don't talk to nobody outside your friend group. Anybody who disagreed with you, you unfriending them and unfollowing them and blocking them. Oh, nigga, this motherfucker didn't like what I posted. So no, fuck you, you a hater. You a op. It's game over for all the dumb shit. Let, let's start to adult the right way. But so the dark side of Egypt, you know what I mean? Uh Egypt, you know, it's it it, it it's not adverse to capitalism. Egypt has been gentrified just like every other place in the world, you know. Uh, gentrification is the new colonization, right? They're not coming in and taking over you know, towns and cities and countries with guns anymore. They're taking that shit over with capitalism. You know, uh, it's, a, it's a McDonald's everywhere. It's a Starbucks and an HM and m and an Apple everywhere. So, they're becoming... Uh, more westernized over there, you know, in in places like New Cairo, in places like Cairo, you know, you see the the modern apartment buildings popping up, and you know the shops and shit because you got a lot of people who are not from there who went over there to live, right? Uh, a lot of a lot of colonizers, y'all know who I'm talking about. They they live over there, you know what I mean? They you know whatever the fuck reason they they live over there, right? And you know they want to do and they want the, their comforts and their amenities. So Egypt has been gentrified, which is why you have to go to the real cities in Egypt. You know what I'm saying? You can't just stay in tourist Egypt. I mean, you could, but it's just not worth it to do so, in my opinion. It's it's just not worth it, you know what I mean, to, to just go there and, you know, take a couple pictures at the pyramids and, you know, all right, I'm out. No, I want to see the essence of anywhere that I go you know but again that's just me that may not be that may not interest you at all but you know so that's the dark side is that uh it's been gentrified like a motherfucker so you know just expect that and you know it's extreme poverty extreme poverty because everybody doesn't work for a tourist agency everybody doesn't work for this car ca- car service or a hotel or at a restaurant, you know what I'm saying? You have people who are still living in the old-time ways over there. And, you know, the the, the big businesses are, are making it hard for them and making it damn near impossible for mom and pops to survive, just like it's happening over here. All the brick-and-mortar shops are closing, you know, because Amazon, because of Walmart, you know, so ain't no mom and pop shit surviving. It's just like that over there, but times a thousand you know, because this motherfucker literally got, you know, a horse and a cart and some garlic on the back. Literally. I saw hundreds of those motherfuckers just selling garlic. You know, it's just a woman on the side of the freeway with a basket full of heads of lettuce. How the fuck is she going to compete with Walmart, you know, or Kroger or Trader Joe's or, you know what I'm saying, what else, some shit like that? She can't. She cannot. It's not possible. So that is what's happening, you know, and, you know, poverty uh, Poverty is a, is a great motivator <laughs> Being broke motivates you to do a lot of shit So shit can happen Which is again, while I will stress For the women Please travel in at least groups of three And if you can, travel with a man And always book your tours online So they will have the proper identifications And the proper security screenings They know your pickup, they know your drop-off and shit like that, and the police will, you know, actually scrutinize, you know, uh, these guys coming and going. Uh, but anyway, for international travel, and this is for anywhere you go, not just Egypt, right? What you want to do, this is for everybody. If you've never traveled outside the country, listen up. Uh, you want to take a picture of your passport, right? So you, when you get your passport, take a picture of it, send that in a text to all of your next kin in the United States before you leave. So send them a picture of your passport, the photo, not the fucking cover, the photo and information page. Send that to them because your passport has an identifying number, your passport ID number. If something happens to you, they will need that number. There is a tracker, an actual tracker in your passport. But if if your fucking passport is somehow destroyed or on the move, that ain't going to help them find you. We want them to be able to find you, right? So take a picture of your passport. Make sure the passport ID number is visible. Send that to all of your people. Send them the name of your hotel and a detailed itinerary. Day one, I'm doing this. Day two, I'm doing this. Day three, I'm doing that. Make sure someone in the States has all of this information before you leave the U.S. That way they can contact the police. They can contact the embassy. And and, and these people know where to start because we can't pretend that we just live in a peaceful world and shit don't happen. There's a fucking war going on. Human trafficking is going the fuck on. So we want to take all the necessary precautions, and we want to be safe, and we want to, above and beyond anything, we want to be smart. We want to be smart about what we're doing. So I do not suggest for women to travel alone. Traveling groups are three, and if you can, travel with a man. So let me give y'all the game. That I know y'all want, that I know y'all tuned in to hear, right? Let me give y'all the prices for this shit. So you already know that uh the 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 biggest expense is gonna be your plane tickets, right? The plane tickets is gonna be the the most expensive part of the trip. Uh two round trip tickets, it costs $2,000, right? That's for the flight from Detroit to Philadelphia, Philadelphia to London, London to Cairo. Two round trip tickets. And the trip back was from Cairo to London, London to North Carolina, North Carolina to Detroit, right? And I ain't even told y'all about the coming back part too, Damn. All right, I'll give y'all that. I'll give y'all the prices. I ain't going to make y'all wait no more. So, boom. Uh, Two thousand dollars for uh, round trip tickets. You can do better than, than that, right? So you can, uh, if you it, it's a way to find a better rate. So you just have to look, look. You know what I'm saying? If you have a travel agent, holler at them. If you can fuck with Expedia, fuck with them. But uh, the average round trip ticket should be about seven hundred a piece. You know, we ended up paying a thousand, but it just is what it is. It was just how shit worked out, but. So you're talking about $700 a piece, right? For round trip tickets for the, you know what I'm saying, there and back to, to all the way to Cairo, right? All your connections included. We're talking about average of 700 bucks. There is another website called airaffordable.com. Now mind you, I'm not sponsored by none of these motherfucking companies that I'm about to name. I'm just giving you the game on how I did it i ain't i ain't these motherfuckers ain't paying me none of that shit but i told y'all I i'm gonna give y'all all the information so i'm gonna give y'all all the information air lets you put plane tickets on way so boom you like all right nigga i'm going in june i'm i want to leave by june boom so you put your money down you pay every motherfucking week by june boom you make your final payment there go your motherfucking tickets Air You can put your plane tickets on Leadway So you don't got to be worried about paying all at one time Right Like I say Expedia If you're an Expedia member You can look on there They got some options and shit too Right So boom You're talking average $700 for your plane tickets The hotel Like I said it was a four and a half star hotel You know what I mean So But you don't have to go that route The hotel was extremely expensive It was like damn near $900 You know what I mean But Nigga, it's a Holiday Inn, it's a Marriott, it's a Hilton, everywhere. They're all over Egypt. You don't got to spend $900 on your room. You could spend average $450 for, you know, four or five days at a hotel. So you're talking $700 plane ticket, average, $450 hotel, average. You're talking about $1,150 to go to Egypt. That's it. That's... To and from transportation, and hotel. Now your activities, you know, your Nile River, your you know ATVs, your camels through the pyramids. That's gonna be uh, something different. I'll get into that in one second. But at so right now we're at eleven fifty. You know, you got your plane ticket and you got your hotel. You don't gotta stay five star, four star hotel, nigga. Oh, I tell people all the time. You only need the hotel to put your bags down, shit, shower, and sleep. That's the only fucking thing you're going to do. You're not going to Egypt to be in the hotel. I got a place to set my bags down. I can take a shower. I can take a shit, and I can go to sleep. Then I'm back up doing activities. Fuck what the room look like. Don't, that, that shit don't matter. Fuck that part. Don't let that be a huge expense for you, and so that way you can fucking shop, you can fucking sightsee, you can get your souvenirs to bring back and all that. Fuck trying to be cute in the hotel, you know what I'm saying? Fuck that part. So average hotel stay $450. Plane ticket average $750, right? The app that I use to book the the, the trips, the activities, the ATVs, the camel rides, the Nile River cruise, it's called Viator.com, right? v i a t o r dot You can book all your tours, all your sightseeing shit in advance. So you can book that shit before you even get there. You know what I'm saying? And you'll have the motherfucking, you know what I'm saying? You'll have your receipt. They'll email you the motherfucking receipt. It'll have your whole itinerary on there. And if you give them your phone number, once you log and download WhatsApp, they will WhatsApp you and let you know, hey, we're in front of the hotel. Hey, remember you got this. They'll send you reminders through WhatsApp and all of that. All you but you have to open it and check the messages. Leave your number when you book and they will WhatsApp you. I guarantee it. That's Viator.com, V I A T O R.com. You can book your lunch dates, you know what I'm saying? To your restaurants, you can book all your pyramid tours, your Nile River shit, any activity. They got fucking hot air balloon rides on there. They got all type of shit on there. So you go on viator.com Viator.com, and they will give you a, a plethora of fucking things to do while you're in Egypt. And like I say, shit is 80 bucks, 100 bucks, you know, 50 bucks. They got some shit on there for 30 bucks. And they all come with uh, pick up and drop off from the hotel. So they pick you up, take you to the activity, and drop you back off at the hotel. And you want to use some sort of application to do it you don't want to just jump in a motherfucker's car off the street i'm telling you we are talking about traveling abroad the rules are not the same we being smart and we being safe book your shit online make sure they're going through the hotel scrutiny the you know i'm saying the security and all of that shit so because we being smart we don't want anything to happen we want nothing but good fucking memories Great fucking experiences. So be smart. And like I say, they cheap. You can start, you can pay on all of that shit now, two months before you even fucking go. And then the rest of your money is just pocket change. You know what I'm saying? For your daily meals. You know what I'm saying? Some of the activities, they include lunch, but still, you know what I'm saying? You get hungry. You know, you, you, and, and you don't want to go nowhere broke. So you want to, you know what I'm saying? You want to have some money in your pocket. But like I say, so average, uh, Plane ticket and hotel accommodation on average eleven fifty. We spent about three thousand, you know, for hotel and plane tickets. But on average eleven fifty, and you can go to motherfucking Egypt. That's the honest to God's truth. Like I said, if you know a travel agent, get get with them for the plane tickets. You can go to AirAffordable dot com and put the plane tickets on layaway, and get you a regular hotel. Don't try to be extra, and you. You in Egypt instead of Florida. You in Egypt instead of Las Vegas again. You know, y'all done took a motherfucking family trip to Egypt instead of the cabins in Tennessee. And I'm telling you, it can be done. You don't need a motherfucking COVID uh, vaccination. All you need is a 24-hour prior PCR negative test, and you flying the fuck out. $1,150, and it's up. Voila. right? So that the so the last day that I spent in Egypt, you know, rode around, went to the mall. I was trying to find a Harley Davidson store, but they was closed. I was sick about that. I didn't get to go to HD. But, you know, I uh, went to a, a chicken spot called Weezo, W-I-Z-Z-O, some of the best chicken I've ever had in my motherfucking life. It's a new restaurant over there. I I posted pictures of it. You know, we had a bunch of food. Me, the brother Muhammad, we sat down, we ate, you know what I'm saying? And we just talked, man, and we kicked it, rode around, went to the mall and shit. You know, uh, it was just a dope vibe, man, just chilling with the brothers and shit. Then, you know, we flew up out of there, and on the way back, so on the way there, it was 17 hours travel time total, you know what I'm saying, including the layovers. An hour from Detroit to Philly, layover in Philly. Seven hours from Philly to London, layover in London, then five hours from uh, London to Egypt. On the way back, it was a 34-hour travel time. So, damn near, day and a half travel time. So, it was a fly from, London, from Cairo to London, 17-hour layover. We landed in London at 9.50, and our plane didn't leave out until 1.50 the next day. So motherfuckers like, all right, I'm not sitting in the airport all this time. I'ma get a hotel. So boom, got a little, you know what I'm saying, hotel like probably about a mile away from the airport and just chill. You know what I'm saying? Uh this is when I found out uh British food is trash. Like that shit is fucking horrible. Uh I ordered some motherfucking nachos and a panini, right? You know, you like, all right, fuck it. How how you fuck up nachos, right? So they got some good-ass beer over there. I ain't going to cap. But they food is trash. The way British people eat is fucking horrible. This shit was so bland, and this was the worst cheese and toppings and chips that I had. Like, this shit ain't Mexican at all, my nigga. And the panini was garbage, and they put pork on everything. These niggas eat the whole fucking pig over there, bro. You know, and I just left a Muslim country where everything is halal. It ain't no bacon, no ham, nowhere. The whole fucking country is halal. Everything is Muslim, right? So I come back, and these motherfuckers eating the whole pig. I'm like, I can't eat nothing in this motherfucker. I can't get no toppings. I'm like eating vegetarian options, and it's still trash, right? So I'm like, this is some bullshit. So I'm fucking around. I just sit up in a, in a little bar at the lobby because the bar stayed open all night again. And I'm just drinking beers all night. And I'm writing notes for this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, let me get these niggas the game. So I'm writing all the notes and shit, right? And uh, so, boom, chilling. And uh, the next day, the plane leaves at one fifty. Uh, it was not my fault the uh, why we missed the plane, but I ended up missing the fucking plane. Motherfucker woke up late, trying to get to the airport late, and you international flights, it's, it's not the same. You can't show up, you know, thirty minutes before a flight leave and 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 make the flight. It just don't happen. So we ain't even get past security yet, and the fucking plane already took off. So we going through some shit. We trying to talk to the motherfuckers at uh at, at British Airways, like bro. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to be on this motherfucking flight. Uh, this is standing the third. They like, oh, shit, that motherfucker gone. Uh, so they tried to put us on a standby flight four hours later that was going to New York. Because, like I say, international flights don't fly into every city. It's only certain cities that international flights fly to. They don't, international flights don't fly to Detroit. You're going to Philadelphia, you're going to New York, you're going to North Carolina, and a couple other hub places. But they don't fly everywhere. And then you have to catch a connecting flight to your perspective city or state so uh boom they tried to put us on the uh the standby flight we didn't make that so they was like all right well you guys can fly uh the same flight tomorrow you know uh the 1250 flight to philadelphia i'm like all right cool so she gave us the boarding passes back and she was like just bring these back tomorrow like you have to be here by like nine o'clock you know, that's why y'all motherfuckers didn't make this flight. You have to be here checking in by 9 o'clock to make the 1250 flight, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. So now we got to stay another fucking day in London. We we done been in this motherfucker <clears throat> 20 hours. Now we got to stay a whole another day and come back 24 hours later, right? But uh, so, boom, go back to the same hotel. And this time it's like, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? We, it's up, we up bright and early, so it's like, fuck it, let's do something while we're here. So it's like, you know what I'm saying, like another little vacation and shit. So motherfuckers traveled around London, went to a town called Windsor, Windsor London. Uh, Windsor, London looks like a play. Like, none of the buildings or the streets look real. It looks like a stage set, you know what I'm saying? Like some uh, Hollywood backdrop or some shit. It just don't look like a real fucking place, Right. And, you know, I hear that, like, it's some, it's some real hoods in London. It's some real nigga shit. And I've seen it, you know what I'm saying, on TV, but I've never experienced it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, we didn't get to go to Tower Bridge and no shit like that. Uh, I was, At this point, I was just ready to go the fuck home. Like, I was not ready to leave Africa at all. I did not want to leave Egypt, you know what I'm saying, which is why I'm going back real fucking soon. Y'all going to see the pics while I – so I was not ready to leave Africa. But once I left Africa, now I'm ready to go home. If I ain't in Egypt, I want to go home. So I ain't give a fuck about London at all. Still don't give a fuck about London. Fuck the UK. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit, right? But the town looks fake. Windsor looks fake. And motherfuckers was telling me like it's some real hoods and shit out there. But I really like if if I happen to make my way back there, then I go try to go to the hood part to where the real niggas is at. But it just didn't interest me at all. Like nothing about Europe interests me at all. I'm 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 too black for that shit. I don't give a fuck about that European shit. So anyway. Boom, Windsor looked fake as hell, but we found a another bar called uh, the King and Castle, right? And this motherfucker looked like uh, that one little English spy movie—I forgot the gentleman or some shit like that. Uh, it, it, it's it's like old town wooden, you know. It was just it just really looked old in English. <laughs> you know what I mean? They had a lot of a huge fucking beer selection, so that was dope. Uh, I drank a lot of beer. I had fish and chips, and that was surprisingly good. I don't know why they put peas with it. That just made the plate look childish, in my opinion. But the fish and chips were actually banging, you know, cod and, you know, chips is French fries to them. So you say you want chips, they will give you French fries. That's what chips are in England. So, uh, yeah, the fish and chip was good. Drunk a couple of beers. I started drinking Guinness while I was in uh, London. I started drinking Guinness in the London airport, and I didn't know that shit was that good. Like, I had never had a Guinness before, but now, Guinness on tap, I fuck with it, and that's because of London, so I can't give him credit for that. I, I discovered a new beer. I typically drink Blue Moon on tap. That's my favorite beer. If it's not that on tap, then I'll drink a Budweiser or a Corona out the bottle. But now I have another tap beer. If they don't have Blue Moon, give me a Guinness, my nigga, because I fuck with Guinness. So shout out to London for that. So boom, we fuck around there. You know, catch a motherfucking Uber. We go see the uh, Windsor Castle. It's this big-ass castle. You know, they got a bunch of palaces and shit, so we see that. You know what I mean? Uh, Catch an Uber back. That driving on the left-hand side of the shit, steering wheel on the right shit was so weird to me. I wouldn't want to drive in London just the same way I wouldn't want to drive in Egypt. It's 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 weird and confusing <laughs> to an American, right? To my American fucking brain. I just can't fathom it. So uh you know, uh that was that was London and you know, it was for what it was, it was I right. it was decent, I guess. So boom, get back to the hotel, chill, wake up in the morning and get back to the airport, right? So boom, we at the airport it's nine o'clock, we stand in line, check in line and all that shit and They told us to bring the same boarding passes from yesterday, right? So we bring the same boarding passes, and we try to check into the flight, and they like, we don't see y'all on here. Like, bitch, what? What?" Well, before that, before I get to that part, before you leave Egypt, you have to take uh, another COVID test, right? So we're in the Cairo, we're in the Renaissance Hotel, we're in the hotel room, and they come and they give us a COVID test right there in the hotel room. We call it downstairs, and like I said, they're going to give your ass anything you want, concierge is going to make it happen. Brought the doctor to the motherfucking room, she gave us a COVID test right there, we had the motherfucking results an hour later. But like I said, you have to take the fucking uh, test 24 hours before you board the flight. Well, we took it the night before, went to the flight and missed it. So now when we go back the second day, our COVID test is not 24 hours old. It's 48 hours old. And we've been around London. So I don't know if they're going to accept these. We might have to stay a whole fucking another day, take a test today and fly out tomorrow. I might be stuck in London for three days. I'm I'm going bananas at this point. I want to go the fuck home. Get me the fuck up out of here. But I'm also not going to flip out in a foreign country because I don't know their laws. They don't have due process. You're not entitled to a lawyer. You're not entitled to, you don't have the right to remain silent. None of that shit could be the case. So I ain't flipping out on nobody because I don't want to end up in no Egyptian or no London fucking jail. I know in lawyer. I know in fucking the U.S., I get a lawyer. I got the right to remain silent. I can slap the shit out of you and bond out, you know. I don't know if that's the case over here. So I, I'm I'm keeping my motherfucking composure. Boom. At first, they did not want to accept the COVID test. They was looking at the dates, like, no, nah, this ain't 24 hours, this 48 hours. But we told them the situation. We missed the motherfucking flight. Whoop. Woo, woo. They was like, all right, no problem. We'll give you an extension. And let us do. It. Let us do. It. We get to the check-in counter. Uh, we don't see y'all on this flight. Uh, No, because these is the boarding passes from yesterday. We missed that flight yesterday, blah, blah, blah. They're like, all right, get out of this line. Go stand in this line. I'm like, I'm so fucking glad we made it here on time because of all this, you know, bullshit that we got to go through, right? So it takes about another hour for them to finesse some shit. But I will say this. I will say this. Why fucking lie, right? London, England in general, doesn't have the history that the United States has, Right? Even though we know that they were a part of you know the slave trade and the colonization of Africa, they didn't have 250 years of slaves you know working in fucking England. So they have a, it's a different type of racism, right? Like it's just fucking different. You know, America is tarnished and forever will be tarnished with the stains and the tragedies of slavery. London don't have that. So when I tell you these were some of the nicest, most accommodating motherfucking people I had ever encountered. I went up to the lady and like she saw, you know, my face and she was like she grabbed she was on the phone. She grabbed my hand, marched me up to the counter, grabbed my ticket. She said, wait right here. We're going to get you home today. And she ran all the fucking round and she running around and doing everything she can, and she came back and handed me a ticket, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful, I'm, I'm, thank you, thank you, She no problem, sweetie, none of this shit was going to happen on my shift today, but she sounded like Harry Potter when she said it, you know, Uh, you know, she was like, no problem, just go home and, you know, enjoy your time and fix your, face. smile now, smile, you know what I mean, so these were some of the most, some of the most nice, some of the most polite people that I have ever encountered, because they don't have the stains of the history that we got, you know what I'm saying? And that's just, out that's just a motherfucking fact. So, boom, we hop on a plane. We fly from London to, uh, we couldn't, they, they couldn't get us back to Philly or New York, so we flew into North Carolina. So, we got to North Carolina International Airport, and uh, boom, had a layover, you know, a couple hours, flew out of there, came back home to Detroit, and I got home to Detroit yesterday at about 11 p.m. And, uh, shit, I'm recording a podcast today, right now. About to drop it for y'all last same day, you hear me? And that's the game, the ins and outs, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything you need to know about traveling to London. Voila. Peace. You would've stuck with me Now you're stuck Cause somebody else hating Every time I look up Can't keep me